Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. All right, you're very welcome along to this special Huddle Breakdown episode because we are looking ahead to a game as opposed to looking back at a game for once. We're looking ahead to the Falkirk game, the Scottish Cup. We're going to be finishing off the Scottish Cup by the end of the year and Falkirk is up for Celtic. Jugo James and Alan Morrison are with me as always, lads. How are you doing? All right, thank you. Good. And, and I, I want to declare up front that this is an honorarium episode uh, for Alan, given his uh, his his affinity for Falkirk yeah so I, have this... to, I have to declare I have to declare I was born in Falkirk actually and uh, you know before I was allowed to go through to Celtic uh, Park on my own as a, as a very wee boy uh, I, you know I just love football right so mm. I was I went to Falkirk matches quite a lot when I was sort of you know 9 10 11 years old sort of thing um, so so you know I do I do and a lot of friends who are Falkirk Fans. So not many Celtic fans in Falkirk. I will be honest with you. <laughs> I can imagine. Not, ma- not many at all. Yeah. I think I, I didn't find any actually apart from me. But no, I know there are a few, but not, yeah. not too many. So 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 so, that, so, 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 yeah. I've always had a bit of a obviously a bit, a bit, a bit, a bit of a soft spot for them. So just just mm-hmm. declaring that now. So that's our cards <laughs> on the table. Unlike the mainstream media or us fan media, we're going to put our, our biases on the table before we actually get started. <laughs> In, in terms of Falkirk, I say this this is complete tangent. We'll get into the game, I promise. But I'm I'm fascinated by the geography of Scotland because it's so it's such a vast area of just unknown. What, what's Falkirk like? <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of stuck in the middle, pretty much between Glasgow and Edinburgh. So it's it's but the the way that the geography has gone you know, in recent years is that the Ed- Edinburgh has become so increasingly um, expensive to live in that the sort of the suburb the suburbs of Edinburgh have now expanded and even any Livingston and places like that and I'm pretty much swallowed up most of Falkirk as well so it's almost become like a satellite of Edinburgh because it's is slightly closer to um, 
Edinburgh than it is to Glasgow. It's about 20 miles to Edinburgh and about 40 to, to Glasgow, but it's literally right on that M M8 corridor. Um, um, you know, but it, but having said that, you know, it is very distinct. I mean, Falkirk FC has got, you know, very long and illustrious uh, history, one of, the, one of those very traditional Scottish clubs. Um, you know, its old stadium, Brockville, which is where I used to go, was one of the most famous grounds in Scotland. I mean, it was a tip by any standards, and it was one of these, one of these, but one of these places that when it was full, you know, it was just an incredible atmosphere, a real, real character, a place full mm. of character. I mean, I can literally smell the, uh, the, the, the 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 tobacco and the bovril and the pies as, and the stale piss cascading down by you <laughs> as we're speaking, kind of thing. But uh, so yeah. Um, so it's not got a, it's not got a great deal to to, uh, to to going for it. It was uh, home to the uh, Karen Steelworks. It was a big steelworking town at one point. That's all gone. It's still most probably most famous industrially for um, the uh, Grangemouth oil refinery, uh, which is uh, on the on the on the banks of the Firth of Forth. There, and um, mm. that's just within the within the sort of catchment of Falkirk. So um, that had that heavy industry sort of history to it, and then. You know, probably my family, my dad uh, worked in Glasgow and he commuted through. It was probably quite typical of a lot of what a lot of people do. I was, at the time. I was wondering <laughs> where, where the stale piss smell was going to come in because uh, all these old stadiums, they've, they've oh, got, it's absolutely true. They've got character, but every single stadium, you know, it, it really, those, those old ones really stink of piss. Because, I mean, the, the, there was a, a brick shed that was supposedly a toilet, but yeah, literally yeah. people would just kind of walk up to the back of the back of the terrace and, and have a way against the mm-hmm. wall. And of course, it would always come, <laughs> come cascading back down the, the terrace again. Brilliant. <laughs> I also find it, I, I find it very funny because I've spoken to a lot of Scottish people and they all always talk about Edinburgh being expensive. Now, I, w- I was considering moving to Edinburgh and trust me, moving from Dublin to Edinburgh is probably what it's like moving to, from Glasgow to Edinburgh ah, in okay. terms of the, the, so moving from, if you move from Edinburgh to Dublin, the expense of the the rate of expense would go up wow. the same. It would be similar enough to moving from Glasgow to Edinburgh in okay. terms of the the price difference. So Edinburgh Edinburgh for me is a cheap city right, right. <laughs> because of what I've experienced. But anyway, enough of the geography chat. In terms of this game, James, I know you've been doing some benchmarking. What what are we looking for for this game? The well, the place to start is uh, obviously the lower leagues have been truncated a bit this season. Um, yeah. so it's some difficult environment for them to, to operate in and, and to keep fit and train. Um, so they're at the top of league one within that context. And I believe having just started back up in the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, they've they, had, they, sorry, James, sorry. They've, had four, they've had four matches since the second, second of January, it closed down yep. 20, 20th of March. It started up again. They've had four games in a little over two weeks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, they've got enough uh, of a game record to get some sense. Um, you know, they've pretty much been, um, you know, against better teams. They, they had a, a cup game against Rangers back in, in the fall, which I'll talk about a little bit more because I think that will provide a, somewhat of a, a benchmark for expectation. But, uh, you know, they've kind of cut, played 4-4-2, 4-4-1-1 in those kind of games. Um they're big and physical, which I think is probably the most unsurprising uh, characterization, but also uh, a, a, an interesting uh, interplay with Celtic, given some of the issues we've had with physicality on set pieces, et cetera. Uh, they've got some big guys. You know, They don't have anyone that's huge. They don't have a 6'4", 6'5", guy, but kind of across the board in, in the forward 
um, positions and also across the back line, you know, they're kind of 5'11", 6'1", 6'2". They have Salmon probably, I'm guessing, would be off the bench the old guy, you does know, Connor uh, Salmon play for Falkirk? Yeah, the old. Oh does. my he does. God, he's he's he didn't start. He's not started. Well, he started two of the last four games. Uh, so yeah, like like a bad there. penny, he keeps showing up. Yeah. Uh, he's, I'm, not, I'm, he's not. He's not. He's not done too much. In fact, you know, yeah. we're, we're listen. We're, we're numbers based, right? He's, two goals and three assists he's had this season there you go yeah yeah but you know again i I, i'm i'm thinking very narrowly meaning that you know the likelihood of a league one side like this to put up you know any kind of a headache for celtic it's probably going to be if they nick a goal here or two on on set pieces i mean and given our issues in that regard that's the specific area that that you know i see is um where there could be an issue and where a guy like that, if he starts, and I'd be surprised actually if they started him given limitations and pressing and that kind of thing and defensively, but you know, they could bring him on in the 60th minute and all of a sudden or the 70th minute where they've got, you know, um, enough guys that are big relative to our size where on, you know, your standard corner or free kick, they just lump it forward. Uh, you know, I'd be a little nervous that, uh, we could revert back to our normal issues. I think, I think I think they've got a little bit more subtlety than that. I think you'd be a little bit unfair. I think I would agree on the back four, right? So they've basically got two guys at full back now who um, ostensibly are are, are centre backs. I mean, they've right. put this guy Gary Miller in, in at right back, and they've got um, the lad Dixon who was at Dundee United for years, who played centre back a lot of his career. He's, he's kind of on the left, and then they have yep. got two two sort of big units at centre back as well. But they've got um, more, more, if you remember Morgano Gomez that played for Dundee United and Hearts, and he's getting on a bit now, but he's he's there effectively the defensive midfield player. And then if you remember the one of the um, many many many. Uh, Murray Park starlets, uh, Charlie Telfer, that uh, went to Dundee United uh, from the original Rangers. Uh, and was heavily touted. I think he had a spell down in England. He's at Falkirk now. Uh, right. He's a very, he's a very, he's not, again, he's not a player who carries, let's say, carries natural fitness in his body, but he's a, he's a, he's a neat and tidy, clever player. He's in the team. And then their biggest goal threat is a, is a lad called Callum Morris, who signed from Hearts, and he's actually their top scorer. He's got um, let me just double check. So he's actually ten goals and one one assist, which is pretty decent. And, he, and he's a de- he's a good physical presence yeah, yeah. too, from what yeah, I saw. I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's about fourteen hundred minutes. That's that's pretty decent. Yeah. So he's the kind of their main goal threat. So I think there's a there's a bit of subtlety there, but I do take your point. Uh, well, it's it kind of rudimentary at that level, but. Well, and I, I didn't mean that in a sense I've... Uh, oh, sorry, demeaned. sorry. Can I just... And, and the other yep. player they've got who who is actually quite big, but I would put more again in the... If our, he's actually a really good footballer, is Blair Alston. Who Blair Alston, again, played for years for St. John's, but he came from Falkirk. And he's one of those players... When Falkirk had an amazing academy, um, he'd already... He's one of those that, by the time he'd reached the age of 20, he'd already got like 150 games under his belt. You know what I mean? Incredible. Um, and he's back at Falkirk now, yeah, being released after being released by St. Johnson. Now, he's a decent midfielder. At League One level, I'd have thought he'd be absolutely, you know... Right. Been it absolutely storming it, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and again, I, I, the, the way I was trying to characterize it was in a best-case scenario for Celtic, I still see headaches potentially given the kind of the physical profile. Well, we're not um, a good team. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be really blunt. We're not a good team at the moment. Well, we're <laughs> well, right. very honest. I, agreed. And, and yeah. that's, so, so that's my optimistic uh, parameter. <laughs> um, 
if you look at the game that they played against Rangers back in the League Cup, now again, it wasn't Rangers number one lineup. So they had Defoe at striker. Uh, they had Bassey at center back um, instead of at left back, you know, so that he was kind of played a little bit out of position. And I think it was Zungu as, as their, their number six instead of Davis. But again, obviously huge gap in, in, um, at, in level, even with, with some of those backup Rangers players playing. And I mean, they, they beat them obviously soundly four nil, but if you look at, kind of the underlying stats uh it wasn't a game that you know was an easy four nil um and and actually Falkirk posted uh, a good bit over one in xg um uh rangers one goal uh so i think rangers xg was about i have it here it was uh, 2.45 um but that included the bassy goal which was basically a tap in off of a rebound from like two yards. So it was like a 0.85 XG. Um, so if you look at the total shots, I think it was uh, 13 to 10 Rangers wow. advantage. Um, Falkirk touched the ball, I think 20 times versus 24, 25 in the box. So it wasn't, you know, the level of dominance that you would, th- if you just looked at four nil Rangers playing a league one side in the league cup, you'd say, oh, they probably absolutely obliterated them. And, uh, you know, I haven't watched the whole game, but just looking at it statistically, uh, I don't think that was the case. I think they actually held their own with them, uh, particularly in the first, let's say, 50 minutes. Uh, It didn't look like outside of that kind of one rebound shot that Rangers didn't do all that much. So I I think it could be one of those games where let's hope Celtics score early. (laughs) Um, And, you know, we don't have a lot of set pieces where uh, or we surrender set pieces to them where they could, you know, nick something early and then get us all nervous. And, you know, because I, I'm not sure we're going to get out of the, this regime of fitness issues and depth on the bench to come in and have, you know, game changing substitutes or anything like that. So we're kind of stuck with what we've been stuck with. And I think there's been a lot of reasons to think that, you know, um, some things have changed under, uh, under Kennedy, a good bit of it positively, I would argue, uh, as far as structure and utilization of Brown and that kind of thing. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm a little nervous, you know, and I think uh, <laughs> a lot, a lot more nervous than I should be going into a league one team yeah. at this stage in the season playing Celtic. Yeah. So I'm Celtic at home as well, which I think is a bit, I mean, Falkirk play on a, what I think is is a reasonably decent, um, actually, uh, artificial pitch. It's not too bad, but the stadium is quite exposed, and you know, if there's wind, which there often is, it can be a bit tricky. Uh, I think the the Rangers game was was a home game for them. I mean, they're they're top, they are top of the League One by quite a distance, but that's not to say it's been a dominant season. I mean, I've fourteen league games have played; they've only actually won eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they haven't scored. They've scored three goals on two occasions. Three occasions actually, they're not they're not like romping through. You know these absolutely tortuous one-all draw at home to uh, Dumbarton on Wednesday <laughs> it was, it was uh, apparently my, my pal told me it was it was just a, a nightmare. So you know that that was their last outing really, and uh, they did they did before the break. In fact, yeah, the th- three games before the the the, the season was ceased, um, they didn't actually win any of them in the league. Uh, home to Airdrie, home to Partick, and away at East Valley. 
losing two. So, you know, they're, they're not, even at League One level, they're not all conquering in that sense. Mm-hmm. And and I think what it, that shows as well is that, that they do struggle for uh, creativity. I think that's right. really been the, been, the, been the big issue for them. So as James rightly says, they'll put a lot of store on uh, on set pieces, which, you know, let's face it, every team against Celtic is going to look, yeah. look in that direction. If there yeah. is two ways to describe teams that I don't like facing for Celtic this year, it's really quick teams who can get in behind and teams who are really good at set pieces or physical. And I, I think that's been an issue with Celtic over the last couple of years, at least. One positive looking into this is that John Kennedy clearly is looking at a more possession-based approach and at home you should hope that with the good pitch and good conditions that Celtic should be able to pull the Falkirk less experienced players out of position a little bit with possession. Yeah, and the speed and the speed of Celtic's mm. you know, play is significantly an uptick on what, what Celtic because what Falkirk have got. Because even even if you look at the mid you know, the, the, the back four is not quick and you know, the midfielders, although they've got some talent there and experience in Gomez, Alston and um Telford, they're not quick, so they're they're going to struggle to match the pace of Celtic. Get get the ball moving quickly. You know, McGregor, uh, Christie, you know, etc. Get get that ball pinging around Turnbull. Then they'll find that very difficult to live with. I'm, I'm sure. Um, you know, I think you know, under under Kennedy, we've seen a pretty consistent template. I think it's the right template. He's got the team playing the right way. We're not scoring goals. The ball's not going in, is it? I mean, every game we've had a decent X, decent enough xG. A decent enough XG differential to have won the game, and it's just not you know scored what is it one or two goals in, in those three games. So um, you know in, in old in old money, someone's you are doing maybe it would be a shame well, to right. it would be, be it would be a shame to waste all those goals in Falkirk though. I think trying to save some up for uh, you know better opposition. Yeah, I, I think that that's the other optimistic thing is uh, we we're definitely due for some uh, positive variance, as I like to say. <laughs> so you know this could easily be. A, kind of game where edward scores a hat trick or you know we we you know absolutely pummel them kind of five nil or something that kind of even even with xg that's you know not tremendous you know like a two plus uh maybe three that kind of thing uh so yeah i mean i the, the base case here is still you know a relatively uh easy celtic victory mm. it's just when i think about uh the tales of risk and the outliers. Um, I, I can see a scenario, of, uh, you know, where where we should be, we could get nervous a half hour in, and then it could be a squeaky bum time, as they say. So but, on that uh, note, uh, if this was a normal season and this was a th- whatever the fourth round, third round of the Scottish Cup at home to Falkirk, I would have expected like seven or eight changes, you know. Yeah. But I, I, I'm going to predict that that isn't going to happen. I'm going to predict that this is going to be like the, the first 11 and it's going to be all, all out. And actually, if it isn't, I'll be very surprised. Well, okay. I suppose like Dermot Desmond, uh, I, I know Peter Lowell's going at the end of the season, but I, I would imagine that they are saying to John Kennedy, like, this is go all out for the Scottish Cup because if Celtic finishes the season with a Scottish Cup, I mean, it's not the unmitigated disaster that uh, the Peter Lall softens the blow. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it certainly doesn't take away the negatives of the season, but it does. Um, it it, it certainly Scott does Brown add. Away yeah, <laughs> it's a, that, that's the one thing about Scott Brown leaving. It's a pity that they won't get to do it in front of the fans. Uh, just before we wrap up, then I, I'm not really sure what we do in this situation because you know we're not usually a preview show, but we'll we'll go for it anyway. Do we do predictions? Is that what we do? 
Um, James, I'll let you go first. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I'll go, um, you know, despite all of my concerns, um, because that's just who I am and how I think of things. Actually, I I think it will probably be uh, kind of a, I'll go four nil. Wow. I, I always keep an eye on the international fixtures for Odson Edward and what he does yeah. for, for the under-21s, and he was on fire again for them. Um, because, let's face it, Odson Edward playing against under-21s is just blatantly unfair. <laughs> He's a European... Well, they're, they're, not, they're not 12. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know, but, I mean, if you're thinking about, like, you, you wouldn't send Odson Edward down to the under-21s 20, and, yeah, like, yeah. the Premier League's standard, I mind the, you know, international standard. Yeah. Alan, what's your thoughts on the game predictions for it? I'm I'm going to go with a gritty two-one for Celtic. Connor, if Connor Salmon gets the goal, I'll be happy to be honest. <laughs> I like I, I as much as I'm supporting Celtic going into this game, I I'm equally supporting Connor Salmon because he's, he's one of the cult heroes of Irish football. Uh, right, so I I'm going to go with a two-nil win for Celtic, and I don't think it's going to be pretty because uh, no, I don't think so. I I I th- I'd, I'd worry about Falkirk in terms of the physicality, but again. I know Hearts, you know, they, they, they've slipped up in the, in the Scottish Cup, but I just can't see Celtic slipping up to the extent where they, they lose to a team that haven't played since January. I just, as bad as it's been, I just, I just really hope that it hasn't gotten that bad. Hopefully, that you, hopefully you enjoyed this episode, this preview episode of the Huddle Brecht, and we might bring a couple of these down the track over the next couple of weeks when there's nothing else really to do, apart from look ahead to Celtic games and look back at Celtic games. So, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can get us at Huddle Breakdown or you can subscribe to the podcast or get us on YouTube as well, Huddle Breakdown. We've got a new episode on the 20 Minute Tim's Patreon page as well, covering a wide range of things like Nick Hammond, Scott Brown and Eddie Howe potentially getting the Celtic job as well. So if you want to check that out, subscribe to the 20 Minute Tim's Patreon page as well. We'll chat to you next week.
Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. 